Well, we have an awesome speaker tonight. Uh, but even beyond speaking, I'll just say that he is an awesome man. And so I believe that you're going to receive richness from the mouth of God. So let us welcome our own Elder Kent Turner. Thank you, Pastor Darrell. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you because you are our God and that you are a God who hears our prayers and our petitions, that you are always mindful of us, God. God, I pray that our hearts will be open to what you would say to us tonight. Father, that your will will be done individually and collectively in this place. Move by your spirit and by your power this hour, God. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Giving honor to our God, to our pastors in their absence, to the, the lay pastors, to the brothers and sisters at Living Hope. I love the people of God. Amen. And I don't take sharing with you lightly. And I, and I labor in the word and in prayer, asking God for a message to be something that would lift you up, that would encourage you, that would strengthen you, that you can use in your everyday lives. I'm not a motivational speaker, although my voice might sound like it. I'm not. But I do want to move you from where you are to a higher place tonight. That's my goal. So I'm going to share with you the call to be faithful, the call to be faithful. And I'm going to start from Matthew 25, verse 14 through 30. Matthew 25, verse 14 through 30. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last one, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on a trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more bags and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. 
let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Harvesting crops that you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I would have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I could stop right there. That priest in itself. But I have a few things I want to share with you. I want to talk to you about a call to be faithful. A call to be faithful. Most of you don't know, but I come from a family of 10, like Pastor Joseph. We have eight boys and two girls. Eight boys and two girls. And I'm the youngest of the boys. And, and, and Pastor Joseph will confess to this, I'm certain. Boys get in a lot of trouble. They get in a lot of trouble. And in fact, when we were growing up, I was five years old. My next brother to me was 11 or nine years old. And my next brother to him was 11 years old. And my parents both worked, so we oftentimes were home by ourselves. Not a good combination, is it? <laughs> and I remember on one particular day, my brothers, somewhere they found a 22 caliber bullet. Oh. And they decided that they were going to fire that bullet off. Now, they didn't have a gun, but they had the bullet. <laughs> and so what they decided, I don't know how they came up with this, and I was right along with them. They said, we're going to take this bullet, and we're going to set it down on the concrete. And we're going to get a hammer from, from Dad's toolbox, and we're going to hit that bullet until it fires off. Now that sounded so exciting to me. I was like, yeah, well, let's do it. But now, you know, being the youngest, they don't let you do stuff. They just let you watch, right? So what they did was they put the bullet down on the ground, facing that way, 
my brother had the hammer right here, and he told me to stand behind him. So first he takes it, and bam, nothing. Again, bam, nothing. And the third time, bam, pow, the bullet flies off. And it hits me. And I fell back, and I said, I'm shot, I'm shot, I'm shot, I'm shot. This is true. And I said, I'm going to tell mama y'all shot me. I'm going to tell mama. And they ran over to me, snatched my clothes all off, was looking. And the bullet, I don't know how, it just left a line across my stomach. It grazed me. If that bullet would have hit me, it would have killed me. See, my brothers, they didn't realize the power of the bullet. See, this is how many of us today are. See, we don't realize the power that's in our hands. See, Jesus said, behold, all power in heaven and in earth is given unto me. And now I'm going to give it to the church. See, we have a power, but unfortunately, many of us walk around defeated. We walk around living beneath the promises of God. And that's a choice when you have all power that's inside of you. So, again, I'm, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the, the call to faithfulness. My goal tonight is to give you a hammer and some power, or some powder, excuse me, so you can fire off and do greater exploits for God than you ever have before. See, the power is found in a simple word called being faithful. See, we think the power is in prayer. And there is power in prayer. We think there's power in fasting. And there is power in fasting. But without prayer, without fasting, and being faithful, you have nothing. See, being faithful is doing something with what you have. See, many people say, you know what, I have faith, but where's your works? Where is the corresponding action as a result of what you say that you believe. Let me share a couple of scriptures with you. See, I believe that in order to be faithful, there, again, there's some corresponding actions. The power, again, is in you being faithful. Notice I didn't say faithful to God. Because most times we think I got to be faithful to God. That's, that's implied. That's implicit. When you talk about being faithful, God is in everything. You have to be faithful to God first. But see, it's bigger than that. See, when I talk about being faithful, and when the scripture talks about being faithful, it's talk, it talks about being faithful in everything. And I'm going to give you an example. Being faithful at work. What do people say about you at work? <laughs> Believers. Honestly, let's, let's be serious, all right? I'm, I'm just talking. Wait. I'm not preaching. I'm just talking to y'all right now. Okay? I'm just talking to y'all. What do the people say about you at work? Are you the one who's known for coming in late? I'm just asking a question. I'm just asking a question, right? Are you the one known for coming in late, taking long lunches and leaving early and not getting the job done? Because, see, let me, let me read the scripture to you. Turn to Colossians 3 and 22. Colossians 3 and 22. I'm just, I'm just talking, right? 
I'm just talking. Don't be mad at me. Colossians 3 and 22 says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in some things. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I'm sorry. It says, Slaves, obey your masters in everything. And do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. He says, whatever you do, work it out with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for a human being. It says, since you know that you will receive what? An inheritance from the Lord as a reward because of how you work on your job. That's what the scripture says. Because of how you work for for the Lord at work, you will get an inheritance. And we sometimes think the reward is coming because I'm a good singer. Or because I clean the church. Or because I go on mission trips. And all those things are important. But it's not just those things. It's everything. It says, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs. And there is no favoritism in God. I I like how the, the message Bible says it. Let me read it to you. It says, the sullen, gloomy servant who does shoddy work will be held responsible. It says, being a follower of Jesus Christ doesn't cover up your bad work. I'm reading the Bible, y'all. It said, we sometimes think since we are believers, we don't have to work as hard as the man next to us because we're the children of God. I'm a child of God. Let him do that. I'm highly favored of the Lord. I'm blessed. I say it's not, let let me say it like this. It should not be so. We should work harder and are more faithful than anybody else. I, I like how the Apostle Paul said it. See, the Apostle Paul said, examine yourself to see whether or not you're in the faith. He said, if you would but examine yourself, no one else would need to. I, I, I like it to my, my son. I don't know if you have any of you have 13-year-old sons. They just get crazy. Lord, have mercy. They just stop thinking when they get 13 years old. And so I'll say to him, son, can you handle your business or do you need me to get involved? Can you handle your business, people of God? Or does God have to get involved? I'm just asking a question. So he said this again, this is the Apostle Paul. He says, examine yourself to see whether or not you in the face in the faith test yourselves. He says, do you not realize that Christ is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. Let's take a test. Y'all want to take a test? <laughs> Wait, y'all want to take a test? Yeah. Yeah. Test, test. OK, we got two, two test takers. Let's take a test. Break out your scantrons. See, we're, the, the test, we're going to test your faithfulness right now. We're going to test you. But before we can test you, now wait, you're not testing your neighbor. This is a self-test, okay? 
you're evaluating your, yourself. Husbands, you're not evaluating your wives. Wives, you're not evaluating your husbands. This is a self-test, okay? Self-test, okay? So let's, the word, the word faithful, I looked it up in the Greek. And the word is pistos. And the word, there are seven criteria to the word. Seven criteria. So take out your scan try. And now look, this is not an A, B, C, D, E, F test. This is a pass and fail. All right? This is a pass and fail. All right? Simple. All right? First test. First criteria, excuse me. The first test is a faithful person is a person who believes or is believing. Everybody pass, right? Everybody pass. We're off to a good start. Everybody pass. A faithful person, criteria number two, is one who is true or trustworthy. Everybody pass, right? Y'all got a little more quiet on that one. Y'all got a little more quiet. It says a person who is true or trustworthy. Can, can people really trust you? Can people really trust that you'll do what you say you're going to do? I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to leave that one alone because that, 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 that can get me in trouble. Criteria number three. This is a good one now. Y'all pay attention to this one. A faithful person is a person who shows themselves faithful in the transactions of business. And it's three parts. Check this out. He shows himself faithful in the transactions of business and the execution of commands. How many of us do that? Are you faithful in business? And when Pastor Benjamin tell you to do something, do you do it? Oh, wait, no, let's not say Pastor Benjamin. Pastor Joseph. When Pastor Joseph tell you to do something and he just say look brother I need you to do X Y Z and he walks away I'm, I'm just asking wait wait so let, let me read a little bit more to you and, and it goes on it says are you faithful in the execution of commands or of the discharge of official duties whatever you told to do have you cultivated a heart cultivated a heart to do what those that are in authority tell you to do. Do you know you have to cultivate your heart to do that? When, when pastor, okay. When pastor Joseph comes and tells me to do something and I really don't want to do it, I got to tell my heart to do it. Or I can say, wait a minute, I'm old enough to be your father. I think I'm old enough to be your daddy, right? Yeah. I can say I'm old enough to be his father. Who is he to tell me what to do? He's the pastor. That's who he is. Criteria number four. A faithful person is one who keeps his word. You know... Brother Isaiah, I'll be at your house at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning, man. We're going to go out and we're going to do some witnessing. We're going to clean the church, blah, blah, blah. 9 o'clock roll around. Right. 9 o'clock roll around. You don't even call. You send a text. 
You don't even call. You just send a text. Hey, man, I'm running late. Look, no further explanation. I'm running late. So one who keeps his word, the next one says, a faithful person is one that can be one that can be relied on. Can people depend on you? That for me, that's huge. I mean, I'm I'm a manager, and more than anything, I need to know when I give you a command or I need something from you, and you tell me yes, I got it covered. I need to know: Are you going to do it? How much more are pastors? How much more a brother or a sister? A brother says to you, hey, man, I need you to do this for me. And you say, I got it. And then you drop the ball. Can they rely on you? This is a faithful person. You want power? Be faithful. And the last two actually kind of go hand in hand. A faithful person is one that can easily, that can easily be persuaded to believe. And I know some of you would be like, well, wait, wait a minute. Believe what? Let me share with you what that belief is. And this is in the, New, in the New Testament. It says, a faithful person is one who trusts in God's promises and is convinced that Jesus has been raised from the dead and that he is the Messiah and the author of salvation. All of us got that one covered, right? Amen. We all believe that Jesus is the Messiah. But you, you missed the first part. The first part says, do you trust in all of God's promises? Not just some of them. Everything that God said, do you believe in it? See, I, I'm, I'm from the old school. And we couldn't say words like, like lie. I don't, I don't know about y'all. If, if Growing up, if you said lie, what was that, Sister Larry? That was a cuss word, huh? That was a cuss word. You got whipped was saying lie. Right. So when our parents said the sky is pink with red polka dots, we couldn't say, uh-uh. If we said that, what do we say, Sister Larry? You lying. We couldn't use that kind of language. So when we don't believe God, what do we say to God? You wrong, God. That's a lie. That ain't true. Everything that God said will come to pass. Everything. Every promise that he's given you individually, it will come to pass if you believe it. You're the only one that can stop it. Nobody else can stop your blessings. You're the only one that can stop it. You're the only one that can prevent the promises of God from being fulfilled in your life. No one else can do that. All right, how many of y'all passed the test? All right, we got a few hands. But you know what that says to me? We just got some work to do. See, this is where the grace of God comes in. The truth comes, we hear the truth, and we adjust ourselves to it. Let's go back to Matthew. How much time do I have? Now, how, who, who, I have 15 minutes. Okay. I got 15 minutes. Okay. So let me, let me share it. Let's go back to Matthew 25. Let me, let's go back to Matthew 25. So he talks, talks first. He starts off by saying, 
what can the kingdom of heaven be like? And he talks about a man who went on a long trip. This is my first point. When we examine the passage of scripture, you see the owner gave each person a bag of silver according to their own individual ability. He didn't give everyone the same thing. He didn't give one. He didn't give everyone missions. He didn't give everyone singing in the choir. He didn't give everyone preaching. He gave each one according to their ability, according to how he had designed it. So what am I saying? We spend too much time looking at other folks and admiring them for what they have instead of thanking God for what we have and cultivating the gift that's within us. See, it's about stewardship. The first man he gave the silver to, he took it and invested. And as I looked at that scripture in the beginning, he never told them to invest the money. He just said, here, hold this till I get back. See, the first servant, he was aware that the money didn't belong to him. I came to a conclusion about God. As you start to get older and you start accumulating stuff, you just get stuff, right? And you look up and you're like, my Lord, where did all this stuff come from? (laughs) And then sometimes we try to hold on to the stuff and the stuff becomes baggage. But you know what? It's not about the stuff. It's not about holding on to it. Everything the scripture says, freely give. You want to be blessed? Give it away. Oh, man, I'm getting ready to preach now. Check this out. Check this out. Stop having garage sales. Get the stuff away. Give it away. Give it away. Bless somebody. Man. I don't know none of y'all that had no garage. I'm just giving you a principle, though. I'm giving you a principle. Okay, I'm going to just tell you like it is. I've, I've given away three cars. I've given away. One dude, I said, look, man, check this out. He, Sister Larry, am I telling the truth? I, one dude, I said, here, man, check this out. Nice car, too. Honda Accord. I said, here, man, give me a dollar. He said, why? I said, just give me a dollar. He gave me the dollar. I said, here, man, here's your car. And then the Lord said, I didn't tell you to give it, I didn't tell you to take a dollar from him. So I took the dollar out and I gave it back to him. And I ain't never been walking. I've never had to walk. The more that I've given away, the more the Lord has blessed me. And I believe it's because I continue to bless folks. Give the stuff away. That wasn't part of the point. That was just kind of a little nugget there. Luke 16 and 10. And I'm, I'm going to stop. How much time I got? Five more minutes? Okay. So let, let me just share this scripture with you. Luke 16 and 10. 
It says, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in least is also unjust in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon or money, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you your own? Think about that for a minute. If you haven't been faithful in this ministry, how is God going to give you your own? If you haven't been faithful here, how can you expect God to take you into your own ministry and bless you? with faithful people. Because all of us want faithful people. Everybody wants a faithful person. Everybody wants someone they can depend on. But if you haven't been faithful, how can you expect God to give you faithful people when you break out on your own? Or when you step out on your own? When you should be sent out on your own? Don't kid yourselves. If you're not faithful here in this ministry, no one will be faithful in yours. Ain't going to happen. Point number two. The servant who took the money and hid it, which is kind of interesting, actually. It's kind of cra- he's crazy. Cause l- 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 let me show you. Let me share a couple of things with you. See, fear of failure will paralyze you. It'll cause you to sit and do nothing. And as a believer, we should never have fear of failure. We got God living inside of us and we're afraid of something. He said, behold, I've given you what? Peace, love, and a sound mind. And that sound mind means the ability to make good decisions. You got it already inside of you. Stop sitting and waiting. Go do But that servant, he sat, he said, he said, because he was afraid. And look what he said. I knew you were a harsh man. And I was afraid to lose your money for you might come back and demand that I pay you for it. And you know I don't have no money. So I'd rather just bury it and give you back what you gave me. And like, uh, here you go. It's all good, right? And the master said, not so. Beat, take the money from him first. Notice he didn't just beat him first. He said, take the money first. And then beat him and cast him out. See, fear will cause you to do and say things that don't make no kind of sense. I know that that's not grammatically correct. But fear will cause you to say and do things that don't make no kind of sense. He starts off by saying, I knew you was a harsh man. Does that sound like he's trying to flatter him? That's the last thing you should do is start off by saying, I I knew you was a mean man, so therefore, I just took your money and hid it. If he knew he was such a mean man, at minimum, he should have put it out for invest as an investment. Fear will cause you to do 
and say things that don't make any kind of sense. See, let us stop making excuses for why we haven't done the things that God has told us to do. Each one of us, God has put something on our hearts to do something. And if he hasn't, if God hasn't, Pastor Joseph has told you to do something. And if Pastor Joseph hasn't, then your lay pastor has told you to do something. Because sometimes we say, well, I can't hear God. I can't hear God. But you can hear Pastor Joseph. See, being faithful is not like the one-hit wonders that are here today and gone tomorrow. See, it's a whole bunch of folks. They're big today and they're gone tomorrow. Trying to hold on to the past when God is a right now God. When God is a relevant God right now, he's dealing with things right now. He's dealing with you right now, not the way you were 20 years ago. He's dealing with you right this very second. See, to be faithful, it takes time and effort. You have to decide, I'm going to be faithful. You have to put down Monday night football to be faithful. You got to put it down. You got to lay it, what the scriptures say, lay aside every weight and sin, Brother Charles. Wait, now I didn't even mean it like that, but that was pretty good. As he lifting weights. Put the weights down and get to church <laughs> as we go to the gym afterwards. <laughs> but in order to be faithful, it takes effort. You just don't happen into it. You have to decide to be faithful. You have to, you have to get up and say, you know what? I'm going to go and do what the pastor, what my wife, what my husband, what Pastor Joseph, what the lay pastor, what God has told me to do. It just doesn't happen. You have to be intentional about being faithful. I'm going to stop. I got a whole bunch of other stuff I want to share with y'all, but I'm going to stop right here. I got just a few few things. I'm, I'm going to close actually with this. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm encouraged by what I see God doing. And I'm going to use my daughter in a little story. And this is a true story. She was about four or five years old, and we were out jogging. And I don't know, maybe I ran her a little far. I don't know, maybe she was a little tired. And she began to say, Daddy, wait, you know how four-year-old girls are. They just, everything is just dramatic. <laughs> Daddy, I'm just so tired. I can't take another step. And I'm like, come on, Taylor, you can go. Come on. And I always tell my kids, I'm like, look, a little pain is good for you. You can take it. Straight face. A little pain and I'm telling y'all, too, a little pain is good. You could take it. You could take it. So I said, no, come on, keep running. You could do it. She's like, no, Daddy, I can't. My legs, they hurt too much. And I'm still running. You better come on. <laughs> Daddy, wait, wait. You better come on. <laughs> okay. She started to say, you know what? I think I can do it. She's catching up to me now. Wait. I, I, I think I can do it, Dad. You better come on. Uh, I think I can do it, Dad. Uh, now she's on my side. Uh, now, I can do it, Dad. Look, Dad, look, I can do it. 
Wait, and the closer she got to me, when she got to my side, she started saying, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And she ran off and left me. (laughs) She ran off and left me. Serious. This is true. But this is what dawned on me. This girl now is the fastest in her school. This girl started running track. Wait, that ain't even a kicker. She working out with the high school folks. She's 12 years old. She was 10 years old working out with the high school people. I'm trying to get a scholarship, y'all. <laughs> Wait, it gets even better. I'm trying to get a scholarship, you know. At, 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 at the high school, one of the coaches says, I want Taylor to work out with me. Now, this particular coach has coached Olympic athletes. So here she was 10 years old working out with a coach that's coached Olympic athletes because she believed that she could do it. Started when she was five years old. See, some of us just need to step out. Stop making excuses about why you have and haven't done whatever. Forget it. Just step out. Just get to running. Just get to being faithful. Don't make no excuses. And who knows? She may not even become an Olympic athlete, but I know one thing. She's destined for greatness. She is destined for greatness. She is the number one academic student in her school, in her grade. The number one. She is the highest in her class. And when you see her at church, she's just sitting here all cute. And she is tough as nails because she decided. I'm going to stop right there, y'all. I'm going to end with this. In Sam, in Sam Parker and Mac Anderson's book, 212 Degrees, they note, at 211 degrees, water is simply hot. See, some of your faithfulness that you're accustomed to operating under is just hot. You, you operating at 211 degrees. It's good, 211 degrees. Water is good for tea. It's good for coffee. It does have some uses. But at 212 degrees, one degree more, water boils. And water, when it boils, becomes steam. And steam will power a locomotive engine. I want to challenge you tonight. Step up one degree. That's all, just one. Just one degree. Just one, one degree and watch the power of God in your lives be, dist- be demonstrated in your lives like never before. Just one degree. Amen. Amen. I'll put you back in the hands of Pastor Joseph. Amen. That's a powerful word. You know, I want to just segue straight from there into us really operating in faithfulness in a very, very specific way. Pastor Benjamin posted on our LHCC members page a sermon that he preached while he was at New Philadelphia Church in South Korea. And he asked every single one of us to listen to it, to like it, to put a comment that interacts with the sermon on there, and then to share it. And I want him to come back with that 
page being filled up with comments and with that post shared over a hundred times. And I believe when we do that, when we take that one degree, when we say, okay, this is the one degree, I'm going to be faithful with this thing that God's given me, even the sermon, we're going to watch God multiply it and watch God bless the lives of thousands. See, what you don't know is that there's thousands of people that hear the messages that go out from Living Hope Christian Center. In Pastor Michael's message alone, what was it, like 3,000 in a matter of a week and a half? 3,000 people listened to it. Um, the sermons that he preached in early September, um, there was like 8,000 hits on them, 10,000 hits on them. We got, what, 150, 200 people at our church, maybe 250, if every single person ever came, right, at the same day. But there's 10,000, 8,000, 5,000, 3,000 people listening to different sermons. What does that mean? God is taking the influence of this house and he's multiplying it. Let's not miss out on the inheritance. Let's not be those ones who bury what God imparts into our lives from the teaching of his word. And even this sermon, let's take this. When it goes up on the website, you like it. You put a comment on it. Man, I was there. That sermon was dope. God spoke this to me through it. And you share it on your page. You guys got to listen to this sermon from Kent Turner. Man, a powerful message on faithfulness. And you watch how it blesses your lives. But I want PB to come back knowing that we're going to be sons and daughters who steward every single word that God releases through him, through Pastor Sonny, through any pastor or through any person that comes up here. And God opens this pulpit for them to proclaim the word to us. Amen. We're going to do that. That's the one degree. I want to challenge you. That's the one degree. That's the one degree for this week. That's the one degree for this week. All right. I want you to take that and I want you to watch God bless your life and the life of someone else through it. And I'll say this one last thing was, you know, I had a friend, um, actually one of my wife's best friends, and she lives in Houston, Texas right now. You know, I've been posting, Pastor Benjamin's been telling me to post comments on my own Facebook page and um, on my like fan page. I only got like 60 people that like it, right? But he told me to do it, so I started doing it. Um, and I've been posting things on my page. But anyways, this girl says, Joseph, like you can go on my timeline and look. She's like, Joseph, please do not stop what you're doing. She's like, I watch, I look at your pictures, I follow your comments, and basically paraphrase everything that you do, I follow, and God's blessing my life through it. You never know the impact that you're going to have or what you post is going to have. Not just on Facebook, but in your life, the words that you speak, all those kind of things. Let's stop seeing the smallest small, put it in God's hands, and let him make it great. Amen? Amen. So, Father, today we declare that we are going to receive this word, Lord. We are going to answer the call to faithfulness in the name of Jesus. In our homes, in our marriages, with our children, with our friends, and with our family, on our jobs. We are going to be the most faithful people in the workforce in this world, God. We declare it in Jesus' name. People are going to look at us and they're going to see Jesus. We are going to model faithfulness to the world. We're not going to be looked at as the tired, as the lazy, as the sluggards, God, as those who, Lord God, wait for, for people to, to just come into us and give us all these blessings. We're going to be the ones that go out and bless others, God. We're going to be the ones that give, that know that it's more blessed to give than receive, God. We're going to be the ones that the world looks at and says, wow, I want that. I want that. God, we declare that we're going to answer that call to faithfulness. We're going to steward the word that you place in our hearts tonight. We're going to take what you've given Pastor Benjamin, God. We are going to like it, and we're going to comment, and we're going to share it, and we're going to watch you bless the world through it, Father. God, we thank you for your son, Kent, who 
who gave this word, a son of this house, a man, a God of this house, who gave this word to us. And we receive it as the very word of God tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.